Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Doctrine Matters podcast. And if you are new to the podcast, I just want to say thank you for joining us here. And I hope that you can find some encouragement in this dark and crazy world that we're living in and in these crazy, crazy times that we find ourselves in. If you have made your way here from the Christian Podcast community, I just want to say, again, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for joining. Uh, the Christian Podcast community is just a great group of people that are there to help one another, to uh, spur one another along. Iron sharpening iron in this group. It's a collection of people that have their own podcast that come together and and just are there for one another, man. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm thankful for the Christian Podcast community, and I'm thankful that you have stopped by here. And if this is your second, third, fourth, fifth time, thank you for coming back. That uh, means the world to me as I am just doing this to the best of my ability for the glory of God and for the building up of the saints. Now, this podcast started out as simply a podcast to promote sound doctrine in a way that's easy to understand for the common layperson within the church. And as 2020 came and totally threw us all for a loop, it all kind of changed a little bit. The approach changed, and that, and that not just in a big way. We're still going to talk about doctrine. We're still going to talk about the Bible. We're still going to talk about uh, Jesus and giving God glory and all of those things, but I am a firm believer that whatever you do, as the Bible teaches us, we should do all for the glory of God, and I am a firm believer of running everything through a biblical lens, whether that be a movie you watch, a song you listen to, something that's happening happening in our world, run everything through a biblical lens to see if what we're listening to, seeing, reading, hearing is lining up with a biblical worldview or not. So we have quickly kind of, ever since Kobe Bryant died, man, it, this has just been a crazy year. And I think Kobe died in the middle of January, if I'm not mistaken, maybe early February. Either way, uh, when that happened, it just seemed to spark a series of events because right after that we had the pandemic that hit, COVID-19, and we're still dealing with that. And I'll talk about that here in just a minute. So with everything kind of shifting in our culture, the podcast took a different direction. So we're going to kind of talk through the things that are happening in our world, in our country, and we're going to look at that through a biblical lens and hope to give God glory through it instead of finding ourselves cowering in fear or worrying about things, especially the next election, because I know there's a lot of people hanging their hats on November's election, and we just can't hang our hats on that, because we cannot trust a man in the flesh or a woman to change what's happening, because sometimes it's just going to get worse and worse, things happen, so we can't just hang our hat on who's in the office, we have to hang our hat on who's sitting on the throne. Matter of fact, we don't hang it we trust. We put our faith there. We believe on the one that is sovereign over all the things we see happening in our world. So that is kind of the direction we've gone over the past few months as we look at everything that's happening in our world today through a biblical lens. And we find ourselves there again tonight. And I want to start out with kind of something that's happened in my 
home state where I'm originally from. I live in northeast Arkansas right now, just outside of Jonesboro, Arkansas, but I am originally from northeast Mississippi, and there's been a, a small little battle. Well, when it comes to the state of Mississippi, the battle is actually kind of large because you have a large portion of Mississippi that wants to change the state flag, and you have another large portion of Mississippi that does not want to change the state flag. Now, I have a lot of friends and family in Mississippi. Matter of fact, my family is like, who cares about a flag, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that's my thing. It's like, it's a flag. It's a piece of cloth flying in the air. Just laying my cards out on the table, it's a flag, right? But not everybody feels that way. And through friends of friends of friends, somebody invited me to this Facebook group that talks about changing, not changing the Mississippi state flag. And I think you got 30 days to either accept or reject it. So I neither accepted or rejected. I I was just going to kind of monitor it. I was going to watch it. I want to see what people are saying in here. And I can tell you, man, that there is so much passion on the side of not wanting to change what they call history. Now, on the other side, they say that that Confederate emblem, and, and if you don't know this about the Mississippi state flag, there is a Confederate flag up in the left-hand corner of it. So, uh, obviously, the 13 stars of, of the Confederacy are there, which uh, Civil War, slavery, all those things that are involved. And m- many people want to see that taken down because it's a sign of oppression. It's kind of things that are going on and have happened in the past that are still hurtful today to them. And then there's this other side that's like, absolutely not. Don't take it down. And then you have the governor coming in in the mix, and he says, well, we're going to leave this to a vote for the people to let them determine the fate of our flag. Well, lo and behold, it went to the legislature, and they changed or, or drafted and and affirmed a bill to just change it without the people even voting. So at 5 o'clock today, the governor of Mississippi signed that bill stating that the Mississippi state flag will change. Now, many of you are from other parts of the country, and you're thinking, what, what does this flag have to do with doctrine? What does this flag have to do with anything that you talk about on your podcast? Well, it's going to have everything to do with it, so just hang in there with me just for another minute. But we see this tremendous uh, battle happening over a piece of cloth. And the same time, you have another battle that's raging in all of the country. So this will involve you as well. So we're going to tie all of these together here in just a few minutes. So this other battle that's raging, many cities, many states now are requiring or mandating mask wearing. Now, I've seen some of the biggest debates Some heated debates happen over whether to wear a mask or not. Now, you all that are listening have a personal opinion, and let me just say this. Please, please respect those that either wear one or don't wear one. If they're opposite of you, then let that be on that person. I know we can talk about health and people not caring for other people, But there is so much information out there right now regarding whether or not to wear a mask that people are conflicted. It really is a conflicting time in our world, and who would have thought there would ever be a confliction over whether or not to wear a piece of cloth draped over your face? Well, that brings us back to Mississippi, where they're arguing over a piece of cloth that's hanging in the air, blowing in the wind. You see, sometimes we get so caught up and so fixated on things that one day aren't going to matter. And really, when we look at it in light of who God is, in light of eternity, 
These things are very minute things that we deal with here on this side of heaven or hell, whichever I'm hoping everybody that's listening has repented of their sin and trusted Christ and are going to heaven, will be glorified one day. If not, I pray that you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Know that you're a sinner. You have sinned against God. One sin causes you to break the whole law of God. You're not going to work your way there. You're not, you can't say, well, I'll get right one day because you don't know when your day is going to be over here on earth. So I would encourage you to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Acknowledge that you are a sinner, that you've sinned against a holy and perfect God. Confess that to him, ask forgiveness for him, and believe that Jesus came and he died and he rose again and is seated at the right hand of God, and he did this because of your sin. He became sin. He lived a sinless life, perfected life, and he died the death that you deserved. And because of that, when you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you receive the righteousness of God, and you become a child of God. So if you're not a believer, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can do that right now where you sit. You don't even have to wait till Sunday to walk an aisle. Uh, So there you go. Repent and believe the gospel. Now back to what I was saying, all of these things are very small in light of eternity. These things are not going to be needed in eternity. You're not going to need a piece of cloth flying over the state capitol in eternity. You're not going to need a piece of cloth on your face to keep you from getting a virus or not keep you from getting a virus. Whatever the case may be, wherever you land on the mask wearing, all I ask is you be respectful to your fellow brothers and sisters, whether or not they wear one or not. I've seen some of the biggest battles over those things. Other things that I've seen. Chop up in Seattle. Uh, the mayor once said that these were patriots. These are peaceful protesters. They're doing awesome things. Now she's calling them criminals, and they have marched up on her house, and she is now not calling them peaceful protesters anymore. So we see these things that are happening in our world. We see the, the, the great strain of our nation. We talk about freedoms being stripped from us. We talk about who's going to be voted president in November and what that's going to look like depending on which person is elected, what it's going to look like for the next four years or even the next few months after that. There's so much going on. And and even in St. Louis, we've got this whole thing going on where quote-unquote peaceful protesters have broken into a gated community, tore the gate down, and we're coming up this street, and you've got people coming out with their weapons, and I'm sure you've seen all the memes. They're out there. Uh, They are out there. If you haven't seen them, you will, I'm sure. But in these people's mind, they are protecting what's theirs because a bunch of people just broke into their community. So you can talk about whether or not they should have just kind of stayed in their house or uh, either come out without brandishing their weapons or if they did right by brandishing their weapons, I believe, uh, Missouri is one of the states that has the castle law that they're you're allowed to protect your home there. So they were doing what they thought was best in that situation, I'm sure. And then you have political leaders in St. Louis telling them how awful they are for doing that and telling them they will not stand for it and they're going to investigate what happened. And they say they have brandished weapons on peaceful protesters. Do you see the things that are going on? I know you do. This is just a quick recap of things that are happening, and then we're going to tie it all into the Bible. And we see all of the, and, and, and Black Lives Matter, the movement, it, I've said this before, yes, black lives do matter, 
Absolutely, because they're made in the image of God. They matter. But the Black Lives Matter movement does not. It is a godless ideology that is going to send people straight to hell, and evangelicals should not be so easily duped into thinking a movement that is on the surface meant for good, but then get caught up in it and realize that it is a godless worldview, void of the scriptures. As a matter of fact, they hate Christianity. And here's what's happening in our country right now, and I'm just going to let other trained professionals and people that are well-versed in these things, and I am, you can go listen to them talk about this, but what is happening in front of our eyes? All of these things are funneling down to eventually where the government can outlaw Christianity in this country. Now, you may think I'm a quack for saying that. You may think I'm crazy. You may think I'm a conspiracy theorist. But if you look at history, if you look at how this is starting to repeat itself, we're going to find ourselves on the brink of losing our freedom as believers. You see what's happening right now is many mayors and governors are totally throwing away the Constitution. They are infringing on your rights. Now, we can talk about that. I believe that when we talk about Romans 13, that we should uh, submit to the highest governing authority of the land, and that is the Constitution. That You and I can disagree. We can talk through that, what that looks like, but we see these mayors and governors going against the, the highest law of the land, which is the Constitution. Now, for us believers, our highest law of the land is the Word of God, and then the Constitution as it applies to us in this country. Now, again, I'm not well-versed in government or anything like that, so that's all I'm going to say about that. That's where my conviction lies, that we should be submissive to the Constitution. And as believers, we have the right to peacefully and the right to assemble. And the government is going to come for the church's right to assemble. And you're starting to see some of that. Some of our the previous episodes talk a little bit about some of the mayors and governors of different states and cities that are really crushing in and pressing in on churches. The same ones that condone peaceful protesting and rioting at times, not all of them condoning the rioting, but all of them condoning the peaceful protest where hundreds have gathered, some without masks, some with, either way. There are a lot more than 10 people or 25 or 100 people gathered together. And even the gay pride parade that happened in Chicago over the past few days, condoning this. But when you have a presidential rally or any other thing that our media doesn't like, then you're going to see all the health experts, all the officials say, this is not a lawful gathering. Uh, This is going to be bad for your health. You are not allowed to do so. But what's worse is that this is happening to churches. You can gather peacefully, you can riot, you can go to a gay pride festival or parade, and nobody says boo. But then you try to gather as the church in some of these states and cities, and they will shut you down. I know many places can't have but 10 people right now. And for us, uh, we just look at the Bible, and we've been gathering. We've been using caution but we've been gathering. I mean, we can't just let this happen. We can't just sit by and keep saying, but my Romans 13, I got to trust the government and obey and bow down to the government. If we do that, church, if we do that, we are going to lose 
Christianity as we know it in America. Now, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. That may not be a terrible thing because we're really going to see the remnant that the Bible talks about really come forth in America. There's going to be a remnant of those that are true believers in Christ Jesus all over the world, but we're going to see part of that remnant in America when they start to shut down Christianity, and we have to start walking under the cover of night to try to gather with the saints, because listen to me very carefully, I believe Hebrews 10, 25, when it says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints. We need to be in the body. We need to be assembled as the body of Christ. We need to be in our local assemblies, our local churches. We need to gather with other believers. So we're going to see, are we going to just be online? And I think they'll even shut down the online things. One of uh, the things that I've seen lately is there are many channels of Christian and biblical content being censored and removed and it's not getting out to where it needs to go. They're doing this already, even online. So we can't be online warriors and say, well, persecution's here. We're going to be online. You guys watch from the comfort of your own home. Don't risk anything. Just stay safe. No, the church has got to gather together. And you can't say, well, that was written so long ago. No, we got to hold it as the active living word. As a matter of fact, Another part of Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that the Word of God is active, it's living, sharper than any two-edged sword. So this is not a dead book. This is not an old, antiquated book. This is just as much for us today as it was back then. So when the true persecution hits, what is the church going to do? That's why I say it could may not be a bad thing, because we're going to see that remnant. However, I believe we are being conditioned for that to happen. It's with the flag, it's with the mask, it's with chop, it's with the peaceful, quote-unquote, peaceful protest. It's Biden saying if he's elected president, he will use his federal power to mandate people wear a mask or you're going to pay. You see, these are just things that are happening all around us, and it's all funneling down to the church being dismantled. Now, if you look at church history, if you look back, really back in history at the early church, you see that they gathered and they scattered. Now, when they scattered, they scattered as a result of persecution. So they would come gather as the body of Christ and then scatter. And the the gospel went all over the place because they were being persecuted. They were being killed for their faith. But what happened as they were scattering and running and fleeing persecution, the gospel went forth and many more people were saved, and now we have the gospel still being preached today all over the world. That's a result of that persecution from the early church. So this persecution that is coming could benefit, and it will benefit, the body. It will be for God's glory, and those of us here for it will receive good. And that good, as we know from Romans 8, 28 through 30, that good is for us to become like Christ. So I say all that to say this. We get caught up in the now. We get caught up in everything that's happening. I know believers that are caught up in the flag issue. And listen, we have to be really, really careful when we get caught up with things like this. Because if we're believers, 
we could be really doing damage to one of the Ten Commandments. We could really find ourselves in sin. Matter of fact, I'll just read this to you. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, when we put things before God, say, for instance, a flag, we're willing to fight tooth and nail to try to keep a flag flying that's just nothing more than cough, nothing more than cloth, not a cough. You're wearing your mask to cover up that cough, but (laughs) nothing more than cloth. Then we have put the flag as a God in front of us. We've made that our life mission to get this thing to stay where it is. And if you oppose the flag, you may have made this a God in your life by putting this before God. We see this in the mask situation in the debates. We see people that would rather argue over mask than preach the gospel and teach the gospel to somebody. We see so many people debating mask instead of proclaiming the excellencies of Christ. There are so many things being debated by believers and non-believers alike, but those believers that profess to be Christians, if you're a believer doing this, I want to call you to stop and to think about what you're doing. Are you putting the mask-wearing debate in front of who God is and before him? Is that your life's mission is to just wreck everybody and let everybody know your position on the mask? Or are you trying to preach Christ and Christ crucified? Are you trying to live at peace as well as you can with everyone else? When it comes to the freedoms happening or or the the lack of freedoms that are happening right now, the loss of freedoms as we see it, uh, when we debate the Black Lives Matter movement, It's okay to debate these things and talk about these things if we're running it through a biblical worldview. I know there are many people, there are several guys right now that are debating the Black Lives Matter movement within the Christian podcast community, and it's a beautiful thing because it's done from a a, a biblical worldview and not just railing on a movement just because they don't like it. They're, they're kind of railing on this movement and sounding the alarm because this movement is godless and void of the gospel. Matter of fact, again, it hates the gospel. So uh, it's okay to do these things as long as we're doing it from a biblical worldview and doing it out of love and that we're not putting these things above God and making them a little g-god in our life because we can easily easily get caught up in making these things a god without even realizing it. They quickly become idols, and we give our lives to these things instead of what really matters. We can do the same thing with the president. We can do the same thing with the governing authorities. We can do the same thing with our position on whether or not the people in St. Louis, Missouri should have came out with their weapons drawn or not. We can make these things our life goal to satisfy the flesh and the desire within us to get our opinion out there instead of teaching and proclaiming Christ. And we can quickly make these things little g-gods. We can take the coronavirus itself and and listen, this thing is crazy. Uh, There have been people come out in local hospitals all over America that have risked their careers, their jobs. Some of them have come out under anonymity, and rightfully so, because they would lose their jobs. Some of them have come out with their names out there, and and we see these emails they're sending, and they're saying that the media is hyping up coronavirus again, 
yes, there's a lot of testing. Every hospital is testing anybody that comes through, so you're going to have multiple tests. Some people are testing every single day you're in the hospital, so one person could receive 10 positives over 10 days that you're in the hospital, and those 10 uh, positives go into the number. There are so many things at play. We see in this virus this uh, the positive rate going up, but the death rate is going way down, and the hospitalizations are going way down. So the media is amping this thing up, and we can get caught up in this. We can get caught up in the media pushing it, the media narrative. We can even get caught up in what may be the truth, what we uh, see coming out, or, or we may be somewhere in the middle. But we could make this thing a god in our own lives if we're not careful because we're concerned so much about the coronavirus that we push the big G God, the God of the Bible, to the side because we're so focused on what's true, what's not, what's the right narrative to follow, what's the false narrative, do I trust what the media says, do I trust what these people are saying, or do I trust God? That's the ultimate question. You see, we have to be careful not to make all of these issues little G gods, and therefore we are in violation of the first commandment by not having any other gods before him. Now, we might be thinking, well, we think of other gods like Zeus and um, Athena and uh, Nike and other gods like that. And you say, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to worship those gods and goddesses. However, anything we put before God becomes an idol, becomes a little G God. And therefore, I believe we are in violation and in sin when we do uh, violation of the first commandment and in sin when we do that. So I say all that to encourage you keep the main thing, the main thing. And that is the God of the Bible, a biblical worldview, Christ and Christ crucified, that God is sovereignly ruling and reigning over this world, over every situation. Jesus is coming back one day. He's coming back to judge the living and the dead. And when that happens, when Jesus comes back, this is what we look forward to what the book of Revelation says. I love Revelation chapter 21 because it brings so much hope. It says this, starting in verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away." Ladies and gentlemen, that is something that we can look forward to, a new heaven and a new earth where all of these things will pass away and they'll burn up like wood, hay, and stubble. We no longer have to deal with governing authorities. We no longer have to deal with pandemics. We no longer have to deal with sin. We no longer have to deal with anything of this world because there will be a new heaven and a new earth and God will dwell with his people. He will wipe away every tear. There will be no more pain, no more sickness, no more sorrow. That's what we should be living for. Not getting caught up in the moment of what's 
fresh in what's coming out in our culture on a day-to-day basis. Now, it is perfectly okay to be informed of those things. It's perfectly okay to talk through those things. It's perfectly okay to have a, a, a debate back and forth of those things. But we should do so in a loving manner from a biblical worldview as we give God glory and exalt Christ. And everything that we say and do should be building up one another, not tearing one another down if you are a believer. Now, an unbeliever, we can't expect them to build one another up and be giving God glory and exalting Christ. But believers, you can do that. You can change the narrative, and the narrative that you may be pushing is one of a worldly cause, whether it be your opinion, your thoughts, what you think about something, or your opinion as you give it, you're tearing others down. You can change your narrative and put that narrative on God and Christ Jesus and Christ crucified because we need more uh, people pushing that instead of our thoughts. So when we debate, when we talk, let's do it lovingly. Let's do it with care and gentleness. Let's do it with truth and passion if we need to, but let's do it from a biblical worldview. And remember, all of these things happening, they can bring fear to us. And I want to close with this on this episode. We look on the news, we see all of these things that are going on, and it could spark within us fear. And sometimes that fear is crippling. Sometimes we suffer. We are suffering through things as a country right now, all over the, all over the country, from the north, south, east, to the west, and everywhere in between. So we see these sufferings and these trials and these tribulations, and if there's anything we're all in together, it's this as believers. We will suffer We will experience these things. But I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We just talked about some of that glory that's going to be revealed to us. A new heaven, a new earth. God will be with his people. His people will be with him. And there will be no more tears, sorrow, sickness, pain, death. All of these things will be made new. All of those things, those those sinful fallen things will be gone. We will live in paradise. It will be amazing. So all of these things that we see right now are minute. They pale in comparison to the glory that we will receive on that day. So I want to encourage you, live for eternity. I believe we talked about a couple episodes back, Colossians chapter 3 is focusing on things that are above, not things of this earth. Let's set our minds on Christ. Let's live for eternity. Let's give God glory in all of our conversations, all of our debates, all of the things that we discuss about our country. Let's give God glory, exalt Christ, and build one another up, even in our disagreements. And I believe that once we do that, we'll stop living in fear. We'll understand that this suffering is only uh, part of this time here on earth before it's all made new. All of these bad things will one day pass away. So we will see what God has intended for his people then. But until then, keep pursuing Christ. Keep glorifying God exalting Christ and building one another up. Until next time, God bless.